0: Welcome to the which was better podcast where we discuss and decide which was better the book or the movie. This week we are digging into veiled threats aka wedding planner mystery. I'm your host Lisa and today I'm so excited to welcome back Meg from the blog Hallmark in Real Life Meg hi Hey, Lisa. How are you? I'm so thrilled to be here. Yay. Thank you for coming back. And I'm going to go ahead and pre-apologize for making you do this. No, I'm just <laughs> It is a thrill to be doing this with you. I will say this is book number two, however, that I have read. Um, that I would have never
1: read had I not been doing this with you
0: (laughs) yeah but I was like it it was funny because when I approached you and said hey let's do this for June for June weddings and I was like it's another Andrew Walker movie and you were like okay I'll just keep doing Andrew (laughs) Andrew Walker movies (laughs) and we did spice it up
1: a little bit we really we went for a mystery so we thought we were getting something different and boy did we ever
0: Spoiler alert. Yes, we did. And um, this is the first mystery the podcast is covering. So I'm very excited about that because I did want to delve into the Hallmark movies and mysteries side of things. And so this is our first mystery. And another spoiler alert, since this is a mystery, we are going to be talking about it at length. So if this is something that you have not watched, or if you're going to read and you don't want to know who the killer is, or you don't want to know who did everything, then stop right now. (laughs) Stop right now and come back. <laughs> and maybe do it after you've read or read or watched or something. But so um, I f- I feel like for me personally, I hadn't read or watched either one of these until the till for this podcast. How about you? Same for me. I had not seen either, even advertised before. Actually, yeah, this was a one off mystery that came out in twenty fourteen, and um, I I. I know people that have watched this movie, Wedding Planner Mystery, and we're always like, why didn't this become a series? And why didn't this become a a whole batch of movies? And mm, I think we know why. (laughs) (laughs) After reading the book. (laughs) We're gonna get into that. Um So let me ask you very quickly, though, did you did you read the book first before? Because I I read it first before I watched it, even though I could have watched it at any point. It's on Hallmark Movies now. Same. I consciously read the book
1: first before watching the movie because I wanted to really have that experience of being introduced to the content from the book version first to then look at how they adapt it.
0: Gotcha. So was it weird watching the movie? Because the fun of the mysteries is, you know, on the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries Channel is trying to figure it out. But so how was it to watch it knowing who did it and everything? Well, so... (laughs) <laughs> Here's the thing is
1: full disclosure, I genuinely love the Hallmark movies and mysteries. Like I'm actually mm. a big fan of those and I Me really too. do look forward to new releases. So I was excited to learn there was one that I was not aware of. And so, you know, it I took that with the greatest thought. At the same time, I figured out who the killers were by like chapter five and twenty-two and still had like another 22 chapters to read before that book wrapped oh, up. Yeah. So it wasn't shocking to me that I knew who they were going in. I do think maybe the movie hit it a little bit better.
0: Yeah, the book is very long. The book is a lot longer than I anticipated. When I downloaded it, I was like, oh, look at that. A clean 42 chapters or 44 chapters. Yes, that yeah, was. Was, <laughs> yeah, was a lot
1: longer um, than what I expected I said yes to.
0: Yes, yes. I'm sorry. So that's why I was like, I apologize in advance for <laughs> I love you only for you. <laughs> so um let me back up and do a summary of both the book and the movie for those that are unfamiliar. The book uh was written by Deborah Donnelly and it was published on January second, two thousand two, and it's Book one of six of what's called the Carnegie Kincaid series. And so the first book is Veiled Threats, A Wedding to Die For. Dun, dun, dun. So the summary is When Love is in the Air, Carnegie Kincaid is not far behind. A wedding planner who works out of her Seattle houseboat, Carnegie makes magic, usually with fractious families, brimming brides, and cantankerous caterers to give loving couples the wedding they've always wanted. So why is her dream job turning into a perfect nightmare? It started when Carnegie agreed to plan the wedding of one of Seattle's most prominent families who happened to be going through a high stakes headline grabbing legal war before she can get her bride to be into just the right dress, a murder and a kidnapping plunge Carnegie into a mystery of extortion and violence. With a shadowy figure stalking her, a rich lawyer wooing her, and an annoying reporter pursuing her, Carnegie is putting all wedding plans on hold. In an explosion of sheer terror, she must hunt down a killer till death do her part. I mean, okay, first of all, that first paragraph, it ends with, so why is her dream job turning into a perfect nightmare? Because she's nosy. She didn't have to... (laughs) She didn't have to go and investigate any of this. Nobody was nobody and nah. She could have just been like, "Oh, there was a murder. That stinks." Next wedding. <laughs> Which I know is terrible cuz that's the whole book. I get it. She's supposed
1: to be a sleuth, but I yeah, was like,
0: it's so
1: uplifting to think about murders happening at weddings.
0: Right. Well, you know, with cozy mysteries, you know, part of the part of making it a cozy is because it's it's these, you know, amateur sleuths that are in these small towns and usually it's like they themselves are being looked at as the murderer. so they have to like clear themselves or a best friend or a co-worker or somebody where they feel this emotional investment and like I have to I have to figure out the truth to save xyz and in this case I get that she was very close to the wedding party of the person who died, but I did not understand why she was so invested in finding the truth. I was like, you could just go back to work.
1: That's a very good point because <laughs> my favorite is the murder <laughs> she fakes series. And I'm so excited they're coming back. But yes. the first one of that is she stumbles into her amateur sleuthing because her delivery driver slash good friend is murdered and she wants to get to the bottom of it so you're right there is this really deep personal connection that yeah. usually draws them into becoming you know the master
0: sleuth right so this is connected completely yeah, I just this for me the whole time I kept thinking why does she- why is she doing this? But, you know, it's the book. I get it. It's all a setup for the series, and I get it. That's where you meet all the characters. You meet all the the people in the the her community, and I get it. Okay, so the movie premiered October nineteenth, twenty fourteen, and it stars Erica Durance as Carnegie Kincaid and Andrew Walker as Aaron Gold. And they don't tell us. They're like, who cares about the other people? <laughs> Uh, based on, and this is the summary from Hallmark, which is the longest summary Hallmark has ever put on one of their movies. So, I was like, what? We get a lot in this. So, the summary from Hallmark, uh, Movies and Mysteries says, based on Deborah Donnelly's movie, Veiled Threats, Carnegie Kincaid is a wedding planner and a perfectionist in both work and romance. When a murder occurs and a bride is kidnapped surrounding the wedding of a prominent family embroiled in a high profile uh, fraud scandal Carnegie becomes a suspect she is questioned by police and pursued by new shady news reporter aaron gold to make matters more terrifying Carnegie is pretty certain whoever is responsible for the For the crime is out to get rid of her as she struggles to clear her name carnegie is hounded by a hard-boiled detective and wooed by a handsome lawyer with her life exploding into a whirlwind mix of danger mystery and romance carnegie begins to realize that love does not always arrive in a pretty package and that the perfect prince charming she's been waiting for may not have her best interests in mind so i feel like i watched the movie yes They basically they tell you everything, (laughs) exactly. But I will say, I think okay, because in the movie, uh, Carnegie Kincaid is uh, played by Erica Durant and Andrew Walker is the reporter, Aaron Gold, and there's another guy who plays Holt Walker, which is the charming, very attractive, you know, lawyer, and that's Brandon Beamer, I believe. And um, I want to say. The casting of of Andrew Walker as Aaron Gold was spot on because as I'm reading the book and he's so cocky and so sure of himself and so just snarky, I'm like, of course it was Andrew Walker because he does that so well. I agree that he was well cast for that. It was very good I mean, he didn't look like him at all because in in the book description, but his personality and the way Andrew Walker does that very sure of himself, charming, you almost want to punch him because he's irritating, but you're just like, you're cute, but I hate you. (laughs) Yes, 100%. He does that so well. So I was like, okay, that was perfect. Um, And the others, I, I wasn't really familiar with. Um, Erica Durant or Brandon Beamer, the other two leads. I wasn't very familiar with them. There was a lot of other Hallmark regulars in this movie, like uh, Brenda Cricklow and um, Oliver Hol- Oliver Rice. He's on Chesapeake Shores right now. Um, the best friend is Karen Holness. Like, there's you watch this movie, and there's a ton of you'll be like, oh, oh, look at them. Oh. So. I liked the female
1: lead, but I don't know that I've seen her in anything else Hallmark has done.
0: Right. So it was a refreshing, like, other than Andrew Walker, and then, you know, I didn't know the other leads and getting to see all of the um, just Hallmark regulars from the Hallmark universe pop up. It was, that was fun. Um, so here's where we get a little bit serious, though. I feel like before we get into the, differences and what we really think about it, we should probably give some content warnings. Um, the book was written in 20, 2002. So, you know, that was almost 20 years ago. And the way we talk about things now is not the same as when we the way we used to talk about things about 20 years ago. And I want to just make people aware if you get through this podcast and you're like, Oh, this sounds like this might be a fun read. I want to make sure that people are aware there's a few things that occur in the book that are not Hallmark friendly. And I'm not just talking about sex because, you know, we know that Hallmark is G rated. Um, there's some, there's some questionable language in the book. Uh, there's a character named in the book, crazy Mary who obviously has some mental health issues and that is not addressed appropriately. And in the movie, they switch her to, they call her Queen Mary, which I appreciate. So from here on out, I'm just going to call her Queen Mary because I don't want to call her the other thing. (laughs) Um, There's some language surrounding Asian Americans and how they're not attractive. There's some language about... um, they never really say where she's from, but the housekeeper it, we're led to believe that she's either Hispanic or latina or uh something like that and she's afraid of the police because she's afraid she'll get deported, which i I was like what
1: <laughs> yeah there were moments that I was reading this, and I just like had to do a double take to check the sentence to see if did somebody really just write that? Like, yeah,
0: what? yeah, there was a lot of yikes moments, and there's some language surrounding um, Aaron Gold is Jewish, and he accuses Carnegie of not liking him because he's Jewish, and there's just it's a it's in that she only likes Gentiles. It's it's a very bizarre language choice. It's just it was very odd. But so there's the the language component, but then there's for people who do not like. Animals getting hurt. There is a a death scene for a dog and it's very graphic and it's very, it's described in detail what happens to this animal. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Okay. Um, You know, normally with Cozy Mysteries, all the murder and mayhem and blood and gore happens off the page. So you only. Oh, we came across this victim. She was stabbed or we came across this guy. He was gunned down, but none of it's really described in detail. And that's the, that's kind of a a standard for Cozy Mysteries. But in this book, there's a lot of detail. There's a lot more graphic descriptions of what happens? <laughs> yeah, and I think since I've not run read
1: cozy mysteries before, but I was coming into this being like, oh, it's a hallmark book or it's a you know a hallmark movie based on a book. I had certain expectations of what the read would be like, and yeah. so it was shocking to me <laughs> to, to, I mean, not only the, like the sex scenes, like forget about that, but like just some of this lazy language around stereotyping just so off the wall and inappropriate and the curse words it just none of that to me felt hallmark hallmarkesque at all so i right. just it was it was hard for me because it was so mentally jarring because i just i went into this reading experience having certain expectations and shame on yeah. me because i didn't
0: know <laughs> but i was just like whoa this is really not what i was expecting i didn't either because you know when when we downloaded the book um on kindle it had the movie cover tie-in fine but when i researched the book and i looked at the cover the original cover it's very cozy mystery you know the watercolor you know um cover design um everything is very soft and charming and it just looks like any other cozy mystery and i do read cozy mysteries and i was it i was like this is borderline like full mystery, like thriller, as opposed to cozy mystery. So, um, just be aware of that. And also, um, yes, there are some sex scenes, but look, Hallmark has taken, you know, steamier romance novels and made them into Hallmark movies just fine. So I'm not terribly concerned about that, but there is a scene where there's a questionable consent in terms of the, um, the sex scene that's happening on the page and one of the characters is very uncomfortable and is not okay with what's happening. And so again, I just really want to preface that for anybody that might be interested in reading this, these things do happen on the page. So if you might be uncomfortable with that, maybe that's not and and this podcast episode might not be for you. So that's fine. Again, I just want to get all that out of the way. So everybody knows <laughs> going in that this ain't Hallmark friendly the book. The the movie very sanitized, as you put it. Great. The, in no, they, off they, camera uh, conversation. Yeah, yes. these bonkers <laughs> book was
1: sanitized for Hallmark.
0: Yes. So just know that going in. Okay. So one of the largest differences that the well, I shouldn't say the largest, one of the most um upfront, easiest, you know, differences between the book and the movie were the character descriptions themselves, the physical descriptions, you know. Um Carnegie, the main character in the book, they can't get over how tall she is because it's talked about all the time how tall she is. She's like 5'11 or, you know, almost six foot. She's very, very tall. And she's very obsessed with her own
1: height and yes. people's height around her, which yes. I just found like took me out of the story at certain moments <laughs> because it was talked about so much that I was like, yes unusual that somebody is thinking about this much and maybe that's just me since I'm short so I don't think I mean everybody's taller than me so I just take it for granted and maybe if I was a tall person I would obsess about it like this character
0: does but it is mentioned a lot yes she's very excited about being tall and so Erica Durant in the movie looks tall because when she stands next to Andrew Walker which I think Andrew Walker's like 5'10 5'11 they're pretty much there uh, but she's also in the book a very bright redhead. And so, you know, they kind of toned it down a little bit. So, I mean, that wasn't, you know, a, a, a huge difference. Um, Aaron Gold, on the other hand, in the book is very short. He's a terrible dresser and he's a chain smoker constantly, constantly smoking in the book. (laughs) And that is not Aaron Gold
1: in the Andrew, Andrew Walker version.
0: Right. And he has very dark hair. I think she says he has black hair that like hangs in his eyes and he always looks like bed. So personality wise, I thought Andrew Walker was perfection, but physically they don't match because there is a part where she, (laughs) there's a part at the end when Aaron confronts her in the book and says, cause he obviously is very attracted to her and he tries to like ask her out and she's like, go away i hate you go away and he's like you'll come around (laughs) and eventually he asks her he confronts her at the end he's like did you reject me because i'm jewish and first of all i was like wow okay and second of all she's had a few glasses of champagne so she blurts out no it's because you're short (laughs) which i thought was bizarre
1: Again, the references to height are so apparent throughout this book. It's just, it's probably the first time I've ever read a book that's actually (laughs) obsessed about that characteristic of a person so much.
0: Yes. And he bursts out laughing and it's all handled very humorously. But I just thought, okay, so that was, you know, very different in the movie. Um, One of the main characters in the, so let me just say this real quick. Um, Carnegie is a wedding planner, and yes, she is um, planning the wedding of a very six a, a woman named Nikki, who is engaged to a man named Ray. And her family is very wealthy, but they're also embroiled in a scandal. And before we get to that wedding, one of her cousins, I guess, is getting married first, and that's the first wedding that we meet Carnegie, where she's doing her wedding planner thing, is at this wedding. And, um, it's a cousin of the next bride to be Nikki. And, um, so we meet a lot of Nikki's family at this previous wedding, uh, the first one in the book. And that's where we also meet Holt Walker, which is the lawyer, um, who ends up pursuing Carnegie romantically. And it's actually a really cute meet cute because, Carnegie's at the wedding. She's down a server for the like the the catering site, and this guy comes in the back door and she's like, "You're dressed all wrong. What are you doing? You're late." And it's he's very like, cute. It's yeah, very it's cute. cute. And he's like, "Oh, sorry. I didn't know there was a dress code. And she like tries to like give him a tray and then she finds out he, he's not a waiter. He's Holt Walker, this like the family's lawyer who's like, in the book, he's like a billionaire or something ridiculous. He's like super wealthy where he can just like charter private planes and like it's weird. Um, but they have actually a really cute meet cute, And so there he's introduced, you know, at that early on wedding as a possible love interest for Carnegie. Um, but we also meet a woman named Grace, who is. The next bride, it's very confusing. There's a lot of people in this story. It's Michelle is the, is the other cousin. That's yes, the next bride to
1: potentially be? I think so be. because,
0: well, we also meet Grace, who in the movie is Clara, which is Nikki's stepmom, because in the book, Nikki's mom left her family when she was young. In the movie, she's dead. She died. But in the book, she's still alive. And so there's a lot, there are a lot of characters in this book. Uh, But we meet Grace, who becomes Clara in the movie. And in the book, Grace is a very young looking woman. Everybody assumes she's in her 30s, but it turns out she's in her 50s. And when that comes, whatever. Uh, But in the movie, uh, Clara is, they don't make her like, they don't make her look like she's in her 30s. She's just her stepmom. Yes. Fine. And she's an older distinguished looking woman, <laughs> Yes, but there's no misinterpretation
1: about her age.
0: No, very classy, very elegant, just, you know, an older woman. And yes, there's no one mistaking who's, cause everybody's kind of like mystified by grace in the book, but, uh, they also change, uh, Boris who in the book is a flower, the flower guy, he does all the flowers for weddings and he's this very large Russian man who in the book, they keep alluding to maybe he's in the Russian mob, which is, again, bizarre. <laughs> it just is not connected to the rest
1: of the story. But At the, all. Yeah, it just comes up quite a bit. And in the movie, they've like completely reversed that character to this man, John. Yes. Who is not um, an, a large Russian man.
0: No, because in the book, he's like, he always tackles Carnegie and like kisses her because they went out on a couple dates and he's always trying to pursue her. It's, it's, it's odd, but uh, they, so they change him. And honestly, I forgot about him because later in the book, when they start talking about Boris again, I'm like, who's Boris? Oh, it's the flower guy. It's it's a lot of characters. I should have had like a flow chart or something because I couldn't keep up. Honestly, in the book, there's too many. Um, Then there there is Joe Salvetto, who is the caterer in the book. And in the movie, he's Lance. And that's who Oliver Rice plays, the very tall blonde dude who's on Chesapeake Shores as the Englishman. Uh, They change him to Lance. And in the book, he's gay and he has a partner named Alan. But this is 2014 Hallmark. So they just strip all that out. They're just like, meh, not necessary. (laughs)
1: That's what I thought, too, when I watched the movie. I was, was kind of like, like, oh, this is Hallmark, just uh, yeah. erasing these certain mm-hmm. characteristics of these characters.
0: Yeah, I was like, okay, well, that would have been a charming addition. But no, we just get Lance, which Lance was very funny. I'm sorry, but in the movie, he was very funny. All of his reactions when he, in the scenes that he was in, he just was very hapless and very like goofy. And I just I loved, I loved him. So there's also Michelle, who's the first victim.
1: Yes. yes. And she is drastically different in the book version from and the movie version. It's like right. night and day.
0: Right. She shows up with her, in the book, she shows up with her sort of boyfriend, right? It's, it, yes, but she's very much portrayed in the
1: book, I think, as like a rebel, very maybe goth-like in her appearance, yeah. and very anti-marriage and very anti-establishment in general whereas in the movie she is you know a, a basically a very typical aspirational hallmark bride where she's just one of the bridesmaids who can't wait to get married and she's in this long-term relationship and so they all say well you should ask him versus
0: oh that's right ben. and they all trying to pressure her to like try and get an engagement out of him and cuz then i feel like in the book she was she showed up drunk
1: her, very her boyfriend drunk.
0: showed up drunk and they're like covered in like tattoos and stuff. Nothing with drawing tattoos. I've got plenty of them. I'm just, uh, yeah. So yes, you're right. It was, it's very, very different. And in both the book and the movie, Michelle, I don't remember why she leaves though in the so, book. So I think she, in both the movie and the book, she has a
1: fight with her boyfriend. In the That's book, right. it's very, It seems very violently portrayed and like things might have been thrown around and it was messy. And I think maybe. And then in the book, it's it's very much a sanitized version, but it's basically her. I think talking about how much she wants more and she wants to get married and him saying that he doesn't. So it's very much like a Hallmark script of like, everybody's moving towards the altar where I think the book version is like, it's a raging fight and two
0: drunk people and she runs and she runs out and leaves. Right. They They both leave the wedding. And I remember that in both, I believe it's in both the altercation that they have leads to them, almost destroying the wedding cake. Yes. And, you know, um, Carnegie is there to like catch it and put it back together. And that's where we meet Queen Mary in both the book and the movie. Now, Queen Mary is established as somebody who basically crashes all these weddings because she loves cake. And she's just this very sweet old lady in the movie who just loves cake and just loves to crash weddings. And most people are just like, let her be, let her have her cake. And in the book, they're like trying they keep trying to convince Carnegie to like kick her out. Like she's a nuisance. How dare you let her in here? And it's like, dude, let her have some cake, man, whatever. She's harmless, but she also sees, um, she's there when everything happens. And she alludes in both the book and the movie, everybody's around here breaking stuff and everybody's here making a mess and dropping champagne. Like just, but it's, it's slightly off from what really happens because Carnegie is like She keeps coming back to it throughout the book. What was Queen Mary talking about? What does she mean people were breaking stuff? Because it didn't really follow what really happened at that scene that they were both in. Anyways, I say that because later, I want to talk about Queen Mary later and her disappearance. (laughs) But you're right. So Michelle leaves in both the book and the movie, and she leaves the wedding, and she takes the car. She takes Carnegie's car. She takes Nikki's car. Nikki's car. And the one
1: thing I think in the movie they didn't establish as well as they did in the book and is that Nikki is the only person that drives that car and that that it is absolutely hers and she doesn't even let her fiance Ray drive it. So the fact that Michelle took it and then that car crashed very violently Yes. at the wedding, is, could lead you as a reader and a watcher to believe, probably more so the reader because they don't establish it until later in the movie, that that might not have been intended for Michelle.
0: Right. Yes. See, I, it all got mixed up with me because I was just like, wait a minute, was this the book or the movie? <laughs> okay. So you're right. And so that's where we get the first murder. and. When Carnegie runs out, um, in the well, actually beforehand, she Carnegie in the book sees a strange guy outside walking. She can't really tell who he is. She just knows it's a large man who's out in the in the driveway, which only goes one way, so it doesn't make sense for anybody to be out there. So she's wondering who he is. And in the movie, she comes out. She hears a noise or something. She comes out and she sees somebody crouched by Nikki's car messing with her car and he gets up and he like walks away and she finds in both cases she finds a very nice ornate like gold card like business card case and so a lot of the movie is her trying to figure out who belong who this card case belongs to and maybe it has something to do with the murder and she goes on and she's trying to you know talk to Queen Mary about what she meant in her weird statements and trying to find the card case owner. And, and so that's a lot of the plot at the it, beginning. It is. And what's
1: nice about or fun in the movie, which kind of like picks up the pace a little bit, is that this card case, she there's this fun scene where she <laughs> and her friend Lily is are like together and Carnegie is using her um, toaster toaster. to dry the business cards and I I actually loved the scene but I was also (laughs) laughing as I am now because in my mind when you put paper inside a toaster it sparks a fire it does not just right it doesn't
0: usually just dry your business card and nobody says anything They're just like it's a normal thing to do. It's a normal (laughs) thing to do, and it happens like (laughs) this happens every day. And then the business cards are dry, and there's no
1: sparks that fly when she's, like, taking tweezers to try to take paper out of the toaster. I know. There was a little bit of levity after a very violent car crash that I was like, okay, like, but in the book, that doesn't happen. It's just she's trying to trace down, the you know, where these business cards
0: belong to. Um, But in the movie, they give you a little bit of lightness after – this yes. Death. And it cracks me up because at first I could not figure out what she was doing. And it didn't dawn on me until halfway through. I was like, she's drawing those business cards because in the book they are like a wet clump. And she has to like extract them one by one and try and lay them out to dry. And it's this very, you know, long intro- process. process. <laughs> yes. But in the in the movie, she just throws them in the toaster. She <laughs> <Try laughs> made me laugh. And then nothing happened to them. They were all pristine and perfect. They just dried. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like it belongs (laughs) to a warning on the bottom. Like, do not try this at home. Don't (laughs) try it try any of your papers in a toaster <laughs> well and i don't know
1: what it is about kitchen appliances or weird things because the last one we did didn't nikki deloisha's old boyfriend or whatever put a like air humidifier on her front <laughs> steps so as I'm a like, birthday just, gift and i'm like what is this with these weird electronics for every book or movie we have to discuss together it's, well, a, it's and a trend I think it's,
0: it is a trend and it's also funny to me because there's a scene where um, Carnegie is being followed and we find out it's the policeman who's after her, which in the book, he's not really a main character. He doesn't pursue her at all. They just kind of question her and be done with it. Uh, in the movie, this Lieutenant Borden is like seriously after her thinking that she's the guilty party and he's following her around and chasing her. So there's a scene where he kind of is following her and she runs into Lance's kitchen and she tells him very, very breathlessly, like, okay, so there's somebody after me and I might be dying. And Lance is like, what? He's all panicked. And they grab a hand mixer and a like one of those little mini torches for creme brulee, and those are their weapons for whoever it is that comes in and they're both standing there all, (laughs) which I died laughing because I was like, these two are ridiculous, (laughs) but it was fun. It was fun. It was quirky in that cozy mystery way. And I did actually appreciate it, but okay. So now we know the first victim we we've covered the physical character descriptions. And then there's one more character that I wanted to talk about, um, a little bit more in detail, which is Ernie, who is Carnegie's business partner in the book and the movie and Carnegie handles all the um, customer stuff. She handles all the wedding stuff. Ernie is just the finance guy. He just does all the numbers. He just does all the budgeting. And I want to ask you, what did you think about Ernie in the book? Like just the character himself.
1: I thought he was rougher around the edges than he is in the movie. I I do think they established in both formats, though, that he was like her father's friend, and that it was like a long family friend. I wasn't a hundred percent believable in either scenario that a woman who would start her own business doesn't understand anything about the finances of her business. But <laughs> it, it, I'm suspending this Like I, I'm just going to suspend reality for a second and just establish that in both versions it is established that Carnegie does not understand anything about the books of her business and that that all rests on Ernie in the book. However, I didn't always like Ernie because I didn't think he believed her when she had moments of fear or like when she was um, concerned that she was being followed or that something didn't feel right. He was a bit dismissive. That wasn't him in the movie version. And so I found him much more likable. In the movie
0: version? Yes. I think they did a great job establishing that he was like family to her because she's known him for a very long time. And I agree with you. He was super cranky in the book, like just very, very grumpy. I mean, he was grumpy in the movie, but he was very sweet too. And you could tell that he took care of Carnegie and he treated her like a daughter, like almost. Um, I just, in the book, Ernie for me, I think he was set up as a red herring because I was always suspicious of him because he kept popping up in these weird places. And I think they were trying to make us think that Ernie was a bad character for a while because there is a part in both the book and the movie where um, Carnegie gets fired from the big wedding, uh, Nikki's wedding, by... Grace slash Clara because they think that she's embezzled money from the wedding fund. And I literally, though, never believed him
1: as a bad guy because that incident completely follows her date with Holt, where right. she spends the entire date talking about how she doesn't know anything about her finances. And yeah. Ernie is the only person who manages her book. So I found it highly suspicious. When the next scene was like, "Oh, you're embezzling funds," I'm like, "That whole character is dead. right."
0: So, yes, and that's what we're gonna. The spoiler alert because Holt <laughs> is not. No, Holt, Holt is not who he seems. So we told that we said at the beginning we're gonna talk about it all. Um, yes, because Holt was very insistent on always keeping their dates, specifically on the date they assigned them, and he was like, "We have to do it these times, and we have to keep." this date and we have to keep going here. And eventually you're like, what is he doing behind the scenes that he has to make all these specific dates. But I will say this in the book, when Carnegie confronts Ernie, he's very defensive because he's like, you're seriously questioning my ethics and that I would steal from you. And I would steal from, because the side plot line is um, in the book is Carnegie's business is not doing well. And she took out a loan that she needs to repay to her mom. She took out a loan from her mom and her mom needs the money because her house has a balloon payment coming up. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so much. It's a lot. And, um, so in the book, you know, she's wondering why all of a sudden they're doing so well and that Ernie is making all these great payments to her mom. And so when she finds out that there's some embezzling going on and that they've been fired, She confronts Ernie and basically accuses him. And he's like, get out of my house. Get out of my house. Go away. Which I would be kind of mad too. Like I've known you forever and you're not even going to ask me. And in the movie, it's the same thing. But oh my gosh, Ernie's reaction broke my heart. He was so sweet. And he was just like, are you kidding me? Oh I hated that scene. I hated it because I loved Ernie in the movie. <laughs> I liked Ernie in the movie too much better. Yes. Um, so another thing that I wanted to talk about is the love triangle. Which... <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, Lisa, where would you like to go first? I'm all in to talk about this.
0: Okay. In both the book and the movie, we are treated to... actually treated. Is it a treat? It's not. Not really. <laughs> Now, to this love triangle between Holt Walker, Carnegie Kincaid and reporter Aaron Gold, which Aaron doesn't even come into the book until like a third of the way in. And the first time she meets him, she hates him. And of course, it sets up this whole enemies to lovers vibe. I get it. But she's over the top enamored with Holt right away. Which I get if you're like 22. And you meet a successful man, you're like, oh, my God. And it just gets real out of hand real quick. But this woman's like late 30s. I'm going to need you to tap the brakes and not think you're in love with somebody after talking to them six times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like. They, in the book, Carnegie and Holt get way more involved. They go out on a very long date that involves a plane and a boat, which cracks me up because she's like motion sickness, but she lives on a houseboat.
1: He also tells her he loves her after one date. And I was like, wait a second, even for Hallmark, that's too fast. And that was in the book version.
0: Yes, they sleep together. Okay, so they have a date and oh my gosh, that scene, they get back from the date and she thinks that Holt is like super like coming on to her and she's like, okay, maybe he's just scared. So I'm just going to say it. Do you want to come inside? And he's like, no. Oh, I died. I was so (laughs) embarrassed. It was so awkward. Kill me now. This is the worst. He's like, no. (laughs) It was vicious. But they end up... (laughs) She ends up going over there after Erica's dad has a heart attack. She ends up going to see Holt. Something like that. She ends up back at his house. I think after that violent animal death. Oh, you're right. Which was so disturbing. Yes. So Nikki and her family are being attacked throughout, like being aggressively like threatened and her dog gets murdered and their rose garden gets trashed it's it's really graphic and so Carnegie's upset and she goes back with Holt to his house and they end up sleeping together and then all of a sudden they're in love it's it's bizarre and the whole time anytime she runs into Aaron Gold he's constantly trying to like flirt with her and ask her out and she's like no go away and he's like why don't you like me? This is going to happen. I'll just, it's fine. You'll come around.
1: <laughs> it's so weird. It's, it is is so weird. <laughs> and I i struggled with that throughout the book because I just didn't find it all that believable because there was no foundation for any of it. And I will say, I think they did a better job than in the movie yes. of laying some foundation because the, the character of Aaron Gold, Aaron Walker's character, was introduced very early on, where in the book, he's not. And right. he's also introduced as the first man but meet cute, I guess you should say, that she has, which kind of helps set the scene of like, he's not a terrible guy. And right. then she meets Hope. And then there's it, there's just some layer, I mean, not that many layers, but still some layers and, you know, less graphic details that kind of help you see why they're he's likable. Where in the book it's just she hates him
0: until she doesn't yeah she constantly talks about how he smells like an ashtray and that he's horrible he's a reporter who's been covering Nikki's family and all of the um like scandals and trying to get like the big breakthrough and so he's constantly trying to ask Carnegie for information since she's working for them and she's like go away i'm not talking to you and he does the same thing in the movie but of course he does it with more charm cuz it's andrew walker um, but I will say this: that as much as I preferred the love triangle in the movie, the one in the book, because Carnegie and Holt are so much more involved, and you see, you you get so much more detail of their interactions and their dates, and the inner monologue of how she feels about him, because she's like constantly thinking about him. Um, the hurt and betrayal later feels more real. when you find out that Holt is evil. It's. A lot more effective because you're like, oh, you know, it's coming. You see it. You figure it out. But still, when she figures it out, you're just like, Girl, we knew like eight chapters ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we knew like, for a lot of chapters that, that
1: he was bad rude before she realized. And you just kind of were like, all right, how how long is it gonna take her to catch up?
0: But right.
1: <laughs> but it's it's true. It's true.
0: Massive spoiler alert, but because we find out later that Holt is in on all of this, but not only is he in on it, he and Grace. Nikki's stepmom have been a thing this entire time since college. Which doesn't make sense in the
1: movie because the age difference is so apparent and they don't kind of layer that in. In the book, when Grace is kind of viewed as a young person versus an older person, it is a little bit more believable. But yeah, it's, it's it's shocking for poor Nikki.
0: Right. And so I'm glad they cut that part out of the movie because I was wondering when I started watching them, I was like, how are they going to pull this this massive like scene off where not only is he, because obviously they're not going to sleep together in the Hallmark movie. Holt and Carnegie aren't going to sleep together. I get that. But they do share a kiss, but eh, it's Hallmark. But I was like, are they going to include where he's actually been sleeping with <laughs> Nikki's stepmom this whole time? But of course they didn't. Well, I think they stay streamlined <laughs> and cut.
1: A lot of, the, a lot of it. like B and C and D storylines that are happening yes. in the book. And there is a lot that happens in the book. And I think that um, the movie just is, is tighter.
0: It is. And they actually do throw in some extra scenes. Like there's a scene in the movie where Carnegie and Lily, when they start out and they're starting to do their investigation about the, the business cards, their brakes on her van go out and they're like, they almost like die. And that's not in the book, but I think it works well because it shows right off the bat that um, her life is in danger. You know, the threats escalate in the book between on, on everybody, like on the, on um Nikki's family on Carnegie like you know it just escalates um but in the in the movie they do add that scene which just i didn't mind it th- it was fine i didn't think it i think it was helpful to
1: layer in that urgency and danger to kind of build the suspense because right. you didn't have you didn't see the violent deaths or attacks against Nikki's family with the murdered dog and all these things like that they needed to replace it with some hallmark version that is acceptable to build in suspense.
0: Right. And I, like I said before, Lieutenant Borden is a lot more involved in the movie. He's not really, a thing, I mean, he comes up here and there in the story in the book, but it's not as major as it in the movie. And they threw in a little side story where you get the idea that maybe Lily and Lieutenant Borden like start to flirt with each other. That's what I, I was like, oh,
1: well, I think they were no layering. Worry. I think what they were trying to do is they were layering in the possibility of probably more movies as a series, yes. And I think after, and I think after reading the book, I realized why they, they didn't pursue it. Not because the movie or the concept of what they created wasn't fun to watch. It was enjoyable. But the source material is so off brand for Hallmark that I really can't imagine how they would have married rolling out like a series of movies based upon the books and trying to sell those books as Hallmark books. It's just
0: not possible. Right. And see, that's what I'm wondering, though, because I know eventually like the Aurora Teagarden movies are based on uh, Charlene Harris's um books. And I think eventually they stop and they just carry on the series and they just use her characters and they just carry on and they've made their own. If I'm, if I'm mistaken, somebody tell me, just send me a quick email. But I think that's what happens is after a while, the books end and they carry on the story because there's a lot more movies than there are books. And so I feel like at some point though, they could have just taken the characters themselves. and Cause I really thought that it was a strong setup in terms of a Hallmark, mystery series of how they set these people up to take them on to more. But you're right. I don't, I, I didn't read any more of the books. I did not either. As and think, I'm probably not going to. I definitely won't. <laughs>
1: so I think that, so here's the thing is that if that's a possibility that they could have done. But even when you think about the Hallmark brand in general, you know, it's weddings, it's love, it's, it's happiness. And so I don't know if, even though I liked the concept of like, you know, in the sense of I liked those two characters having their adventures together. I don't know if it's on brand to have a death happen at every wedding.
0: <laughs> I know because, yes, because I'm wondering because I see that in the. um Oh, what's that one with Alexa Pinavega and her husband, Carlos Pinavega? They are the picture perfect mysteries. She's a wedding photographer. Oh, I and haven't so, seen that one. I really like those. So the first one and I'm trying to think back, but I, I know that there's not always death at a wedding. And I know that there's also the matchmaker mysteries with Danica McKellar and Victor Webster, which I have not seen those. I have, they're cute. Okay. So, but I, you know, as so I feel like they could probably figure in the book, she does events too. She also does events because she does do the, she does a fundraiser for Nikki's family. Um, I think it's a political fundraiser. She does take care of that dinner. And so in the, in the book, it's, her company is not Carnegie Kincaid Weddings. It's something else. I don't remember what it is. But she does events. And so I'm like, okay, well, I get why they didn't. But I think that the movie itself was a good setup for additional movies. And I'd be interested to know why they never went through with more of them. Anyways. Well, I guess I would be the
1: one question I would have then I'd be curious is, are the additional books and follow up if there's lots of violent deaths in them? I just wonder if it's just too much of yeah. trying to partner the two as under the yeah. brand. Yeah. And they also, right now, I mean, there's so many actually good ones that they've got going between, you know, Murder 101 and the Matchmaker or the, the Crossword Puzzle one. Um, oh, those, yeah. Crossword Mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those two new ones are, they're great. So, I mean, maybe they just don't need anymore. I mean, I don't
0: know. Yeah. You know, they, Yeah.
1: I don't know what else was on the movies and mysteries back in 2014 when that was starting.
0: Right. I'm not sure feel, what
1: the competition
0: was. Well, because I feel like it's always been, you know, because the first Garage Sale Mystery came out in 2013. And so that went on forever until they stopped the series um, with Lori Lachlan's, you know, removal, um, and which I feel like the big loss there is. I really like seeing Steve Basic in his pajamas in that movie in those yeah. series of movies. They always like had a scene where he was in his pajamas getting in bed and I feel like we've all lost. I did like that show with those removals because <laughs> I was like just give me some more Steve Basic in pajamas, okay <laughs> And I did like seeing Andrew Walker in the
1: mysteries. like I like the idea of him partnered in a, a series.
0: Yes. So, okay. Well, we totally digress. But I'm sorry. So no, no, no. I love it because I could talk about the mysteries all day. I absolutely love them. Um, so the last third of the book and the movie are vastly different. Bonkers, bonkers. I'm the just book. Gonna say it. I, 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 I will say this. I messaged Meg when she started reading it, and I was like, "This book is a ride. Let me tell you, it's going to take you on a ride, and it gets real." bananas, the last third. (laughs) So uh, in both the book and the movie, there's supposed to be a wedding between Nikki and her fiancé, Ray. And um, it starts to happen, and Nikki gets kidnapped during the ceremony. (laughs) And uh, She gets kidnapped and the rest of the book, they're trying to, Carnegie's trying to figure out where she is and Holt, she's supposed to have another wedding that she's supposed to do in another city. And so Holt keeps saying, no, you have to keep that commitment. You have to go to that. You have to keep up things as normal. Otherwise the kidnappers might think something's off. Weird because she's been fired from Nikki's wedding. So I don't know why it matters. Uh, But um, Carnegie has invited had invited Holt with her to go with her on that wedding, thinking it would be a nice romantic weekend. And he keeps forcing it saying, no, we should go. We should go. We should go. Well, you find out the reason why is because he's going to like basically murder her or something. <laughs> he's going to do something to her there. And and murder that, her, I think, and frame her for Nikki's kidnapping, I think. Yes. Cause he's going to dump her at the site where Nikki is kidnapped. She's been trapped in her wedding dress for like a week. But even before we get there, let's also talk about the fact that there is a um,
1: superhero-themed wedding. That oh yes, in the, in the book, <laughs> in the book, I think that Carnegie, as a wedding planner, is quite cruel in her making
0: fun of the fact that there is this wedding. I thought, Gosh, it's Star well, Trek based. Yeah, Star Trek, she's based. like Trekkies, and I'm like, listen. Don't be missing with the trickies
1: People are obsessed. And she wasn't that obsessed or into it and was refusing to wear a costume. And then in the movie, they're all dressed in costumes to go to, I think it was superhero themed in that context. She was dressed as a cat. And, which is weird. Which was, I don't know what super <laughs> superhero she was unless she was, I guess, Catwoman from Batman. But that's not really superhero. But, but anyway. that was like, yeah. So when Nikki disappears at her wedding... Somebody has to tell everybody that the wedding is postponed for the day and to be rescheduled. And she, dressed as cat, sits in front of the entire congregation to postpone the wedding with like
0: whiskers and all the cattails. Face paint. All of it. And she's having these serious conversations about kidnapping and all this. And the whole time she's dressed as a cat. And I'm going (laughs) to say that I loved it because Hallmark in the movie
1: did a good job of creating some levity where there was intense moments of your bride's been kidnapped. But yet here we do. We have our leading lady dressed as a cat telling the congregation that the bride got the flu and we're going to need to reschedule. All the while, then as the next step, she's got to then go away with Holt, who is planning to murder her.
0: Right. And in the book, this all takes a long time to draw out because we do we the kidnapping and then there, there's a bunch of other stuff that happens. And then eventually we get to the wedding that Carnegie is supposed to go to with Holt. But even before that, she has this other wedding that she's supposed to or this wedding consultation that she's supposed to go to that she goes to with Lily. And while they're there, Lily's kid gets sick because they're supposed to spend the night. And Holt is like, you have to go to that. You have to keep up appearances. And so while they're there in the book, um, Lily's kid gets sick. So she has to go back and Carnegie's like, fine. And the whole time I'm thinking, what do your other clients think? Because you keep bailing on all these important meetings to investigate murders and i'm like how do you still have a business anyways but then we come to realize the reason why Holt is so adamant about her keeping
1: those appointments is because he's like ransacking her house and planting evidence and doing bad stuff with some other guy and she ends up taking a dip
0: into the water I guess Puget Sound like what are we what is I don't I don't know but she because she comes back home and she's drunk because she just got loaded at the dinner at this random consultation random so she gets home and because Lily had to hurry she just drops her off and takes her van to go get to her kid and so there's no car the lights are out because Carnegie's drunk and she's just laying out on the couch and so Nobody's supposed to be there. And it looks like no one's home. So when Holt and this mystery guy show up, she like freaks out and she's like, who's breaking into my house? And so she runs out on her houseboat and gets in the water and is like peeking over the deck. And she sees it's him, she hears him and all this. And it's this very intense scene where she goes under the houseboat and there's this like, three inch space where she can kind of breathe and she makes her way to the dock under all these houseboats in this freezing water it's very intense and she gets out and she finally makes it out and she earlier in the story we figure find out that aaron lives like across the street from her basically and she goes over there for his help and the same thing happens in the movie but it's very she just goes she just jumps in the water like it's it's I liked how the suspense
1: in that scene set of scenes was built in the book. I yeah. know, I also appreciate though for the movie, how it was condensed for yes. people to get us to where we needed to be. Yes, The book was long and I yes. think there are ways in it, but at the same time, like, you know, like good on this person who wrote a, a story. Like, I mean, it's an amazing, like yes. compliment for somebody to have that imagination to come up with it at the same time. Like we needed it to be quicker
0: Right. But in the both the book and the movie, that's when she figures out Holt is the bad guy. And she still has to go with him to this event the next day. And Aaron, when she goes to Aaron's house to get help and dry off and tell him everything, he's like, you still have to keep this commitment. In the book, he's like, you still have to do this. And she's like, I don't want to do it because I know he's a murderer. <laughs> he's like, but then he'll know. And then you have to keep it. And in the movie, he's like, you can't go. Are you crazy? And They start in the book, that's when they start to have feelings for each other. It just gets messy. And so cut two. Holt and Carnegie are on this trip to go to this other wedding. And this is where we figure out that he's going to take her and kidnap her and he has all this evidence planted and he's going to basically blame all of the kidnapping stuff on her and in the book it takes pages and pages and pages because they get to the hotel they have to check in they have to do this that's when the bizarre almost non-consensual sex scene happens in the hotel room and she takes a very long time yes and then crawl out like this time together when
1: ultimately (laughs) then like peace begins
0: yes and in the book it's a chase around a mountain and she ends up he falls in the snow and he gets trapped there and she like runs back for help and he dies like it's this big <laughs> then she ends up at the house with nikki and nikki's passed out because she's so weak she's in her wedding dress it's all very dramatic and this big old scene unfolds and you find out who's all behind it i mean everything comes out but more and, people die too because like yes. people are run over by a car and the other person gets you know
1: Aaron gets shot. I mean, it's very violent and graphic. Yes. All of that gets cut out because at the end, aside from the the first victim in the the movie, nobody else dies.
0: Right, including and, no animals. Or, you know, thank God. And uh, you know, and the um, when they in the movie when they get to the cabin where Nikki is, she's not passed out. She's just like, "Oh my god, hey!" And Carnegie just picks a lock like it's no big deal. She's like, "I've done this before. You wouldn't believe." It. Okay. And I, I want to say this. My note for this whole ending scene in the movie was it was very Scooby-Doo-ish. It just felt like a Scooby-Doo movie. That is so spot on. <laughs> it
1: did. It was like... Hey, I've been stranded in my wedding dress for all this time. And, oh, my goodness, you're here. Yes, let's get out. And, no, somebody's not trying to poison us with carbon monoxide. Oh, my God, it's not my stepmom that's doing this. Like, it's so, you know, Pollyanna, Scooby-Doo of, like,
0: boom, boom, we're all good now. And I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling. You know, it was just, it was bonkers. Um, And in the book, like, the house explodes, like, and people die. Lots of people die. (laughs) Yes, it's a very violent ending. So that's pretty much it. And (laughs) I wanted to, usually at this point, I ask what was one thing from the movie, from the book, you wish were in the movie or vice versa. But honestly, at this, in this one, I didn't really have anything. I did have a couple of things that Bothered me in both. They were consistently bothering me in both. So I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say those. And one was, we never find out what Queen Mary knows in the book or the movie. She rambles on these like bizarre statements, and Carnegie latches onto them and spends a good part of the book trying to figure out and chase like find out where Queen Mary is to try and ask her about it. And in the movie it's it's a very shortened condensed version of that but we never find out what she meant. We never find out what she was alluding to. We never find out why it was important. Nothing. We also don't ever find
1: out exactly or do we who kills her? Somebody no.
0: kills her in a hit and run. Yeah, we don't know. We have no idea. Um I know that cuz we talked about this a little bit before we started recording um the card the business card case I don't think it was explained very well in the mo- in the book. Who it really belonged to? They kind of touch on it, but in the movie, I, they don't. What 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 happened with the card case? Why why was this such a plot point? <laughs> well, and that's the weird thing is that to have these scenes that dictate you
1: going on a search to the gym and the other things to figure out what they are or the pool hole, to then not have it connect to the story in any way, yeah. didn't make
0: sense. It, and it was in both. I, I was like, "What was the whole point of that? Who cares if there were business cards in there? If you're not going to tell me why it was important?" I think in the in the
1: book, it was <laughs> it it was used to distract you in the sense of try to introduce possible other bad guys. It, it's not it wasn't clearly effective enough, but it I think that might have been why it was done because it tried to throw you on right. other suspects but it never got wrapped up. So it, it didn't make
0: sense. It felt incomplete. And the last one was, okay, in both the book and the movie, the wedding between Nikki and Ray finally gets goes off. Like they finally get married after all of this. And Carnegie is very excited about the possibility of seeing Aaron again because now apparently they're a thing. And in both the book and the movie, he's late to the wedding. And we never find out why they never say why he's just late and I don't understand why they don't say anything. He wasn't like, Oh, I couldn't find my pants or, Oh, I couldn't get my car started. He doesn't have a car. He couldn't walk there fast enough. I don't know. It just bugged the bejesus out of me that he's late to both in both the book and the movie. And we don't know why. (laughs) And she's just like, Oh, you're here. (laughs) I agree with all of those things. They were odd for me
1: too. It was especially odd to have her profess her love for the other character after one date. I also didn't—that made no sense to me in in the book. Um, but I will say, I the one thing I liked in the movie that wasn't in the book. Well, there's lots, but I did like the character of Aaron Gold being introduced earlier. Yes, I think it made more sense for her him to then be the person she ultimately is going to end up with. And I think the way they had set it up would be that there may be other episodes in this story, even if there weren't, but it was kind of the beginning of what could have taken off as, Oh, and then the next one came.
0: Right. And I will say this, there are two things in the movie that I very much appreciated. And one was Nelson Wong being Kenny, because as soon as they introduced him as Kenny, I was like, wait a minute. Is this a Ron Oliver film? And sure enough, it it is is because it's always Kenny. And I was like, ah, Kenny. He's right there, right up front early on. I was like, yes. I knew I was going to love it because Nelson Wong was in it. And then two, they had a Carnegie doing a voiceover narration throughout. And she would explain things. And then sometimes she would give little quips, especially like, when you were talking earlier about her being in the cat costume at the wedding and she, she there's a voiceover part where she's like and maybe I should wipe off the cat makeup before I do this next time you know i liked and that i loved it because for me as a cozy mystery reader it felt like a cozy mystery it Felt like it was a cozy mystery come to life because of her internal monologue that was added to the movie. And I wish that they would do that more. I loved it. I loved the voiceover commentary. And I just, I'm like, do that some more, Hallmark, because I loved it. Um, okay, so now the biggest question. Here it is. I'm putting you in the hot seat. Which for you was better? The movie. <laughs> okay i'm with you yes the movie i'm sorry i normally you know i'm just all about the books but i feel terrible this
1: is now my second podcast that i've done on this and i've chosen the movie twice and i read three books just this week i mean like i clearly love books so um it is a little hard for me to continue to keep
0: keep picking the movie but in this instance it is the movie it, it is. I just, I felt like it was tighter. Um, I thought the story itself was told better through um, that medium. I just, I really liked it. And I really think that um, it was a good setup for more. And so, yeah, I'm going movie. Yeah, I agree. The pacing was better. I thought the character chemistry was
1: good. I also thought that the authenticity between the lead characters, like it actually made sense more than it did in the book that she ended up with Aaron Gold it actually made sense in the movie um and i agree that it was a good setup for what could have been future stuff and may, who knows maybe they'll pick it up again someday but um in this instance
0: yeah yeah maybe. yeah movie so we did it we got through it <laughs> But we really we got through. It. We got That's through right it. Today.
1: It was, was an adventure. <laughs> you know, I think we need to really think about what we're picking next. I know.
0: Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I'd be. I'd. I'd love to do more mysteries, but I think it'll probably end up being like this because a lot of mysteries, you know, a lot of cozies are like you know a lot more tame. So that might be one thing. But I know that some of these are based off. You know some books that are not Hallmark friendly. So, but you know, we'll see. So, And that's okay. I guess it's what I just
1: didn't know. I guess part of it is, is I read a lot, but I don't generally pick my books based on like a brand. So like, I can't say I go and shop for Hallmark books. I'm paying attention to it more because I, I have the blog and it's a possibility of for story ideas. But it, in this instance, like, I guess I did think because it's under that brand, it would have a certain feel to it. So I was yeah. shocked it didn't. But I guess <laughs> it is good to know that the source material it can be a little bit more risky. I, I don't know. because I'm not I love the Murder, She Baked. So I'm curious, like, have you read those books? What are they like?
0: No, I haven't. Um, there's a lot of them. There's a whole lot of them. and oh, wow. I have a couple of them. Um every time I go out to a used bookstore that's not too far from here, um I always look for them just to see if they're gonna be there because once I have a few, I figure I'll start reading them, but I haven't. Um yeah, there's 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 a good deal out there that have been made into homework movies, so it might be fun, but yeah, I might have to pre-read some before I send people on <laughs> these rides with me. <laughs> Why? In any genre,
1: what are the books that you're most excited to read this summer? Since this is probably going to go broadcast, you know, when we're in the
0: summer. Oh, you you know, it's, it's, God, I actually have, I don't know if, if anybody on that's listening as, knows, I do have a book blog. It's called Y'all This Book. Like, hey, y'all, y'all this book. And I do have a whole page dedicated to my reads that I'm excited about for the rest of the year. And so, I mean, I've got a ton on there. Um, One of Obviously, it's mostly romance because that's just where I am. Romance and mysteries. Um, I know I got the new Taylor Jenkins read, which I love everything she writes. (laughs) I'm very excited about that one. Um, There are some I'm trying to pull up the page because, of course, once somebody asks you that, you're like, I don't read anything. I don't. What are books? (laughs) (laughs) Anytime somebody says, what books do you read? I'm always, oh, look at that. Y'all can't see it because obviously this is audio, but uh, Meg's holding up her book stack right here and I love it. Um, oh, look While at that. you look it up, I'm going to say
1: that my two favorite reads of the summer thus far have been Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I could not digest that book fast enough. And I absolutely loved People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. I think next up on my reading adventures will be The Gunkel. By Stephen Rowley um, and other recommendations. If people haven't done the Evie Dunmore series yet, those are a lot of fun. As are um, Carrie Winfrey. The um, Waiting for Tom Hanks was a really great read, and she's got a new book
0: coming out. Yes. Uh, this
1: month I think.
0: Yes. Um, so I'm going to read a couple off my list here. Um, I'm not going to go through them all because I have a lot on here, but I. I am looking forward to – let's see. I know coming up June 8th, which this will already be – this this book will be out before this podcast, podcast gets um, uploaded. But Kennedy Ryan, she has a new one coming out called Real. I'm super excited for that one. Um, let's see. Terry Wilson has a new Hallmark book coming out, Once Upon a Royal Summer, which I just finished, and it's super cute. Um Let's see. um, Stacey Agdern. And I'm sorry, Stacey. I probably said that very, very horribly incorrectly. And I apologize in advance. The History of Us, her next book is coming out and I'm very excited for that one. That's June 24th. Um, Piper Hewley has a Hallmark book coming out called Sweet Tea. That's July 13th. I'm super pumped for that. It's one, it's been one of my most anticipated Hallmark books for this year. So I'm very excited about that. Farrah Roshan, who wrote, uh, The Boyfriend Project from my, which I loved her next one. The Dating Playbook is coming out August 17th. And then, um, Sarah McLean, who writes, um, um, historical Romance uh, She's got a new series coming out Called Bombshell October uh, October, August 24th uh, Yeah So um, There's a lot Coming out And That's just A very small selection I've got I got a whole page Dedicated to them Because mostly to keep track For myself But that way Whenever somebody asks Because I, I go blank Seriously When people are like What books are you reading right now I'm like Books do I read? I have no idea. I, I just, I just go completely blank. So now I'm just like, let me send it to you. <laughs> Otherwise I'll totally forget. So, um, so yeah, that's just, you know, there's a lot coming out this summer. A lot. Which is I'm exciting. This yes. Summer is,
1: I find a really wonderful time to get lost in a book. On a you know, when you're sitting on the beach or out in the sunshine, you know, with coffee or an iced tea. And so I hope that, you know, our suggestions are helpful to people if you're looking for what to pick up, and also welcome you guys sharing. You know on the socials ideas for us to read because I think mean, Lisa and I we cover a lot of books um, much more than the two we've covered via
0: your podcast so please <laughs> yes and on the website which was better.com I actually did put a page up called Book Rex where I have two sec- I have two pages one is for any books that are reco- like any books that we cover so like veiled threats will be on there and then I have a second page yeah <laughs> I have a second page that is is um, for any book recommendations that are mentioned on a podcast episode. So everything that we mentioned here, I'm going to put up there. And so anybody can go up there on whichwasbetter.com and check out not only the books that we cover, but also any other book recommendations. And then, of course, I have my book blog, which has a ton of recommendations. So, yeah, there's plenty of... and. There's so many other book resources out there to to find some good reads. So yeah, never be, never be afraid to hit me up in a DM and say what you're reading. I'll probably just talk your ear off. Um, so Meg, thank you so much. Um, where can people find you online? Sure. Thank you so much for having me again. Um, you can
1: find me at, uh, Hallmark on the web and in Hallmark on Twitter and Hallmark in real life on Instagram.
0: Yes. Yes. Follow Meg. Yes. Yeah. She's got some stories coming out, dude. I mean, now that things are opening up again and the weather's nice. I know she's got some stuff in the pipeline and you guys need to be following her and making sure that you are staying up to date. Thank you. Yeah, I'm leaving for Martha's Vineyard um, very
1: soon. There will not be a murder, I hope, in my real life, but I will have some stories
0: to share. If you see Jesse Metcalf, run the other way. (laughs) 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 Nothing good can come of it. So just (laughs) if you see him down there, just go the other way. Um, So you can follow me. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Faye, Co. that's Lisa Co. or you can follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Which Was Better. and of course like I said you can go to the website at whichwasbetter.com and yay thank you guys thank everybody for listening and sharing and commenting I appreciate y'all's patience while I took a break there in May but we are back and after this episode we will move into July where we will start doing Christmas in July so bye